0: Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. So I want to start off with uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 26-29. And even as I go there, you know, so many times in conferences, and I'm the same way, we're looking for uh, like a new word, God, give me something new. But I feel that, yes, it's great to have a new word, but I think the most important thing that we are to have in a conference is a now word. It is a now word. It is a word in season. It's probably words that you've heard before, maybe in many messages, uh, words that you've heard in your quiet time, but a now word, a rhema word, is that word that speaks to your situation at this particular season and time. And so we're not so much about a new word, but a now word. Could be a new word for some of you, but some of you may have heard it before, but right now it creates that impact, that oomph, and I'm believing for that word right now. As I start with First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26 to 29, I'm reading it from the New King James Version. So it starts out, For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise, according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, are called. But God has chosen, God has chosen, the Amplified said, He deliberately chose, deliberately chose the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen, deliberately chose, the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. Now, even as we read these powerful verses, I want you to go to the word chosen. But God has chosen, and I looked it up. Um, in the concordance and I want to read that to you right now the word chosen means obviously to pick out to choose for oneself it means to be chosen out of many but the meaning that I want to focus on is this chosen means of God choosing whom he judged fit to receive his favors and separated from the rest of mankind to be peculiarly his own and to be attended continually by his gracious oversight. I want to say that again. When God says that he has chosen, it means that he has judged this person fit to receive favors. When he says that he has chosen someone, it means that he has chosen this person to be separated from the rest of mankind, to be peculiarly his own, and also to be attended to continually by his gracious oversight. That's what it means to be chosen by God. That's an awesome thing. To be chosen by God, to be continually attended to by his gracious oversight, that his eyes are on you 24-7, that he knows exactly what you need, that he sees you and he says, you are mine. I have called you to be my own. That is what it means to be chosen. But I wanted to see who he chose. What he has chosen. He said he chose the foolish things of the world. He chose the weak things of the world. He chose the base things of the world. He chose the things that are despised. That no flesh should glory in his presence. And I'm looking at those words and I'm thinking, huh? (laughs) Nobody wants to be foolish. Nobody wants to be despised. Nobody wants to be called weak. Hey, I'm weak. Yay. Nobody wants to be called that. But I'm reading these words and I'm thinking there must be something about weakness that we don't know. or Maybe we have a wrong perception about because the world has bombarded us with such negativity about weakness. And yes, there is negativity to it in the world's eyes. But I'm talking about kingdom culture. I'm talking about the word of God. See, when the word of God says, I've chosen the weak, I've chosen the foolish, I've chosen the despised and the base, then I must say, wait, well, hold on a minute. What does that even mean? So I want to look at this and I pray that even as I finish preaching this message, that you would go out there and say, yeah, I'm weak. And not think you're crazy at all. Because there's something about weakness that attracts the grace of God. There is something about acknowledging that you are weak that actually attracts his strength in your life. And we're going to see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30 to 31 in um, the Passion Translation. I will have a lot of translations. I'm a woman. I have a lot of words. Yeah, so a message that takes about 20 minutes for me would be an hour or so. Get ready. Stay in your seats. It's raining outside. You can't go anywhere. You're all hedged in. So... <laughs> It's all going to be good. But 1 Corinthians 1, 30 to 31 in the Passion Translation says this. For it is not from man that we draw our life, but from God. As we are being joined to Jesus, the Anointed One. And now he's our God-given wisdom, our virtue, our holiness, our redemption. And this fulfills what is written. If anyone boasts, let him boast only in all that the Lord has done. This is our place. This is our position. And so we need to change our perspective on weakness so that our weakness, because we have many. Hello, welcome to the real world. The struggle is real. Hashtag. We have that. We have our weaknesses. We, we, we have, you know, things that, that tend to overwhelm us or overpower us. But we need to change our perspective when it comes to that so that our weakness does not cripple us. Our weakness does not defeat us. But our weakness actually attracts the strength of God in our life. Because there is strength in weakness. Sort of like an oxymoron, but you know what? That's what the Bible says. Romans 5, 6 to 8 in the Passion Translation. Look at what it says here. For when the time was right, the anointed one came and died to demonstrate his love for sinners. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad he came down? But I want you, the, the Passion Translation says it so beautifully. It says he died to demonstrate his love for sinners who were entirely helpless, weak, and powerless to save themselves. This is who he came for. The Bible says in Matthew uh, chapter 9 verse 12, the strong, the healthy don't need a physician. I did not come for them. I came for those who are weak and helpless and powerless. Now who of us, I'm, I'm continuing to read on, now who of us would dare to die for the sake of a wicked person? We can all understand if someone was willing to die for a truly noble person. But Christ proved God's passionate love for us by dying in our place while we were still lost and ungodly. God did not come. He didn't come because we were strong. He didn't didn't wait for us to be strong. He said, well, I'm going to wait for you until you're at this level of perfection or maybe at this level of strength. Then I'll come. You really don't deserve my son, but you know what? I'll just wait for you to get a little bit more perfect than you know the way you are right now. Well, or else he would never have come. We'd be helpless, hopeless, because we would never be able to reach that standard of strength and power. We are undeserving, and yet he came. That is the beauty of the message, this gospel that we have. We were weak. And that's why he came to rescue us, because there's no way for us to be strong except in his strength. 2 Corinthians 3.5 says this, Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. So you may be weak in areas of your life, you may be helpless. You might feel powerless in errors of your life. But I'm here to tell you, your sufficiency is from God. We have God. We have the advantage. So I'm never ever going to see my weakness as debilitating or a hindrance. No. Whenever I feel weak, I know I can draw strength from God. I know that God's strength is always available to me. But we need to acknowledge that we are weak, it's not a bad thing. Oh, you can't acknowledge you're weak, you're not in faith. Are you kidding me? I think the greatest thing about faith is that we acknowledge that he alone is strong. That is faith. That he alone is strong. Yes, I can declare I'm strong, but I will declare I'm strong in his strength. That is faith. So the number one thing that we need to understand when we need to acknowledge is our insufficiency. That's what God wants to clarify for us. You are insufficient. Without me, I mean John 15, 5, talking about the vine and the branches, what does he say? He says the vine, uh, you know, when, you're, when the branch is attached to the vine, whatever the vine has, the branch has. Am I right? We draw strength from him. He says, without me, you can do nothing. That's what the Bible says. Without Jesus, there's nothing eternal we can accomplish without him. But we don't stop there when you acknowledge your We Don't stop there. Read on to the next verse. But our sufficiency is from God. That's it. That, that's where the power is. Hallelujah. Our sufficiency is from God. As surely as we are totally inadequate to supply what we need for life, God is fully able to be the complete source of our living. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So John 15, 5, he says it, he who abides in me, he bears much fruit. Psalm chapter one talks about a tree, talks about a tree that's planted by rivers of living water. And because it is planted by rivers of living water, its leaves don't wither. It bears fruit in every season. I think that's a very supernatural thing. I mean, you look at a natural tree, it'll bear fruit in some seasons. Not all seasons, probably winter season doesn't bear much fruit at all. But the Bible says that if you are a tree planted by the rivers of living water, you will bear fruit in every season. Your leaves will not wither and you will prosper in all that you do. And we say, yay, yay, hallelujah. But the secret is, are you planted to the source of life? Are you planted in him, in his love, in his goodness? Do you believe that? Because that is the secret to supernatural strength. That is the secret to living out the Christian life, this victorious life that God promised for us. John 10, 10 says, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full till it overflows. And what is the secret to that? You can only overflow if you're connected to a source that never dries up. And that is Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. And that's why the Apostle Paul in Philippians 4.13 could say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I want to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 8 to 10. Talking about the Apostle Paul's thorn in the flesh. You know, and he says something here about weakness. And I want to go through it maybe line upon line, make you understand a few things. And so the backdrop of the story is that the Apostle Paul has been going through not very few persecution. I mean, he's been through shipwreck. He's been through stoning. He's been through persecution from people. I mean, his life was in danger. And then on top of it all, he said the care of the churches. So we joke around it like at pastors, you know, the care of the church is just like getting shipwrecked. Oh, my gosh. You know, but he does say that. The Apostle Paul, then he talks to God and says, oh, my gosh, you know, can you get this thorn out? This thorn, you know, just take it away from me. This thorn in the flesh. And see, God answers him in a way that I'm like, well, God, why didn't you just take it out? But I wanted to see what God says here. And I think we can learn some things from this in 2 Corinthians 12, 8 to 10. So he says, concerning this, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might leave me, this thorn in the flesh. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My loving kindness and my mercy are more than enough. Always available regardless of the situation oh my goodness, always available, regardless of the situation. And he says, for my power is being perfected and is completed and shows itself most effectively in your weakness. I'm going, oh, what? God's strength and power are shown most effectively when you're weak. I'm going, oh my goodness, this is like, I don't need to change my mind about this. Because here it says that in your weakness, the power of God is complete. See, I, I don't want 70% of the power of God. I want 100% of the power of God. So the power shows itself in its weakness. It's like when you're buying like jewelry, like diamonds, what backdrop do they use? A black Backdrop, the black backdrop shows more effectively the brilliance of the stone. It shines brighter in a dark setting. Right? Do you know the backdrop of grace? This grace that we enjoy? This grace that we love so much? This grace that we are so thankful for? This grace that sometimes, I mean, I'll raise my hand, sometimes we take for granted. Do you know the backdrop of this grace is sin, is darkness, it's doom, evil. That's what the Bible says, where sin abounds, grace abounded much more. It means that in a backdrop of sin, in a backdrop of darkness, in a backdrop of shame and condemnation, the message of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ shines the brightest. See, it is these people who understand the grace of God. It is these people who have been in such a place of hopelessness that when they encounter the grace of God, it is the most beautiful thing that they have ever encountered. The woman who washed the feet of Jesus, she had an encounter with grace himself, an encounter with Jesus Christ. What was her backdrop? A prostitute? Somebody whose life was a mess? That was the backdrop of this beautiful grace of the Lord Jesus Christ that caused him in front of people to wash the feet of her master. I'm telling you, the backdrop of the strength of the Lord Jesus Christ is the acknowledgement of our weakness. So, so when you feel weak, don't ever, oh, I'm so, no, say, you know what? I might feel weak now. But hallelujah, this is an opportunity for the strength of God to manifest itself most effectively in my life. Amen? Hallelujah. So he says this, therefore, the apostle Paul continues, I will all the more gladly boast in my weaknesses whoa are you crazy no i'm not this is the power apostle paul said i will gladly boast in my weaknesses so that the power of christ may completely enfold me and may dwell in me so i am well pleased look at that whoa I am well pleased with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, and with difficulties for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak in human strength, then I am strong, truly able, truly powerful, truly drawing from God's strength. I am telling you, it has been been in times of great weakness in my life, as a pastor, as a leader... As a parent, it has been in those times of great weakness that I have seen miracles in my life. Because in my weakness, God just takes over. He just takes over. But when I try on my own strength, when I try to make things work, when I try to do things on my own, God says, I love you, but okay. You want to do it? All right. I love you, but okay. And you find out, it's like, oh, my gosh, it's so hard. And God is saying, just let me take over. <laughs> Acknowledge you can't do it. It's okay. It's okay to not be okay sometimes. I, I love what my daughter said. She, 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 said a, she, she shared her testimony uh, in church, and she said, she said this phrase. She said, everybody has their own version of progress. But it's still progress. It's still progress. Everybody has their own version of it. And God, and God, He is so patient with us. Like, okay, you can do it, but okay, just run to me. Sometimes you say, well, don't come running to me. I told you so. God says, okay, you can do it, and just run to me. <laughs> you need help. And we need help. Amen. And God's grace is always available. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad? Amen. So his strength is manifested so much more in our weakness. And so the apostle said, it's all right. I'm going to boast gladly in my weakness. Look at the Passion Translation. 2 Corinthians 12, 9-10. Passion Translation says this. But he answered me, my grace is always more than enough for you. And my power finds its full expression through your weakness. So I will celebrate my weaknesses. Woohoo, I'm so weak. Whoa! Oh, come on, I have a need. Hallelujah. Celebrate it. You know why when you're weak, His strength's coming. You know what? When you're, when you're in need, His provision's coming. Come on. So that's what the Apostle Paul says. I will celebrate my weaknesses. For when I'm weak, I sense more deeply the mighty power of Christ living in me. So I am not defeated by my weakness, but delighted. Woo boy. Talk about a transformation of the mind. Talk about renewing of the mind. I'm going to celebrate my weakness. I'm going to be delighted in my weakness. For when I feel my weakness and endure mistreatment, when I'm surrounded with troubles on every side and face persecution because of my love for Christ, I am made yet stronger. Whew. For my weakness becomes a portal to God's power. Whoa, what's a portal? A sci-fi right here. A portal. Beam me up, Scotty, which just dated me right now, you know, for you millennials. But a portal, an entryway, a door, an entrance. God can use your weakness as a doorway or an entrance for his strength to come in. Can, can you imagine how many portals we have in our lives? <laughs> oh, my goodness. How many portals do you have? Doesn't matter. Those are entryways where God can manifest his strength and his goodness and his provision and his healing and his glory in your life. Portals. Your weaknesses are portals. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the, the verse that says, "For my God shall supply all my need," we'll always have needs. Woohoo! Rejoice when you have a need. Oh, I, you know this. This. Um, how much time do I have? All right. Okay. They say keep going. I'll say all right. But this trip of ours, um, you know, we were already going to go to Hillsong, and our kids said we want to go again. All right. So, you want to go again? So, how much is that? Okay, this, that, fair. So, I'm like, okay, we're doing that. And then we got the the invitation to come to Christ Church. And we're like, yes, yes. And obviously, we're going to leave our kids. And we have forever wanted to go to Hobbiton. Hobbiton. (laughs) All right? So, so we have forever wanted to go there. I mean, bucket list. You know, ever since the very first time, I saw that a place, that place actually existed. I'm thinking, What? What? Where is that? It's New Zealand. Oh, so far down south, you know. So in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, bucket list. I don't know if it's ever going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know where we're going to get the money for it to happen. Oh, blah, 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 blah. And it happened. And it happened not because we're this rich pastor. So many people think, oh, you're so rich. Well, you know, God says, you know, when you're, they're poor so we could become rich, so yay, yes. But you know what, God, I said, okay, God, we're going to New Zealand and I'm just going to step out and book our flight to Rotorua and all that. And I'm telling you, I didn't, we didn't even have all the finances for it. We didn't have all of it. I kid you not. But I got a word from the Lord that said, well, this is your area of weakness. You want, you want me to fill that? I said, yes. Do you know God is going to fill every space you give him? you have just got to give God room to move. He will fill whatever room you give him. You give him this much room, he'll fill that. You give him this much room, he'll fill that. You give him this room to move in, he will fill this room. He is not going to be afraid to fill any room, any size you give him. I don't think it's going to contain that. Ephesians 3 20. He will do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask, think, dare, dream, or imagine. And so for me, it's like, okay, God, we're going to do this. Oh, my goodness. And you know what? We did it. It was amazing. It was awesome. I still don't know how we did it, but we did. And it was in our weakness. It was at the time when we said, I, I, I don't know where we're going to get the finances for it. I don't know how we're going to get there. And, and that's why, that's why when we got, I was so grateful to God. I didn't care our flights were canceled from Rotorua to Christchurch. It was like, yay, we're going to go on an adventure. Obviously, I would have panicked if it got canceled today. And I'd be like, the conference is today. No, but yesterday we were supposed to fly in in the morning. We got a call the night before. Your flight in the morning has been canceled, but we moved you to a 1240 flight. Instead of to Christchurch, we're going to move you from Rotruua to Auckland and then Auckland to Christchurch. We're like, yeah, you know, whatever it takes to get there. All right. And then we get another call. Oh, the flight to Rotorua to Auckland was canceled. And we're like, okay, this is an adventure. God brought us here. So we drove. Well, somebody did, not us. <laughs> we got somebody to, because to, th- there were no available transport. This is how God provided. There was no available transport, you know. Uh, they were helping us look for uh, transportation with a driver, obviously. Giselle can drive, but not on this side of the road. And We didn't want to get into any accident or anything like that. And there was no one to take us that would cause us to be right on time for our flight here to Christchurch, and we needed to be in Auckland by about 3 o'clock, right? And then all of a sudden, you know, one of the staff said, well, I, I know of a student. He'll drive you there. I said, yes! I don't care. Yes, yes, yes. So this 19-year-old student is Indian, says, I'll drive you, you know, from, from Rotterdam to Auckland. He turns out to be an amazing Christian. <laughs> Isn't that glorious? You know, and so he brought us right on time to the airport. We were like, thank you very much. And so now we're here, dadan. But, but what I wanted to tell you that nothing could dampen my joy. No, seriously, nothing. Nothing. Because I saw God's strength manifest. I saw the provision of God manifest. Hallelujah. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. Sufficient. And that word sufficient means to be strong, to defend, to ward off. The word sufficient carries with it an idea of raising a barrier. So when you say, my grace is sufficient for you, it means my grace is a barrier. My grace is a defense. So many times, you know, when people say, you know, by the grace of God, you know, they they make it sound like a weak word. So how are you doing? I'm so good by the grace of God. Just by the grace of God. Are you kidding me? The grace of God is strong. The grace of God is a force. It is a force that wards off the attacks that the enemy wants to come your way. It's like this defense. It's like this barrier. So when the Word says, when God says, my grace is sufficient for you, He didn't tell the Apostle Paul, you know what? I know you have a thorn in flesh. I know it's painful, but yeah, my grace is there. You just spare it. You know, just a little bit more. Just bear the grace. That's not what it means. It means whatever is coming your way, my grace is sufficient to ward it off. My grace is sufficient to defend you. That's what he's saying. My grace is sufficient for you. And then he said, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. That word perfect means complete. His strength is made complete in your weakness. It means to finish, to accomplish, to bring to an end. That's what it means. That means when you're lacking, when you're lacking, his strength comes and fills it up. His strength is made perfect. It completes what you cannot do. I want God's strength. Not his strength plus my strength. Nope. I want all of him and none of me. I want to give God my emptiness. I want him to fill my emptiness. I want to give God room to move. I want to give him space to fill. I want to live on the edge. So he can fill all this. I just want to stay here. say God, God, just do it. Come on, God, just show me how strong you are. Because you know what? It's, it's, it's really not about us. It's about him. It's about him. So when we give God our weakness, he said, no flesh is going to boast. It's all about glorifying him. Amen. So I want God to have his way. I don't want any shortcuts. See, God's way is due time with due process. That's God's way. It's due time with due process because there are things that God wants to build in your life to get you ready for what he has for you. Let me say that again. So many times we are such in a hurry to get to our destination. But with God, he already sees you in your destination. But what he's doing is preparing you right now. He is equipping you. He's pouring out. He's imparting things in your life so that the destination does not break you. The process makes you, so the destination does not break you. So we need the strength of God to go through due process and due time. Like a baby, even if at six months I wanted my baby out, I was so uncomfortable, six, seven, eight, I said, Oh God, why nine months? Why? Why couldn't I be a chick or a dog three months? Right there, right? Nine months. At seven months, I was waddling like this duck. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm so huge. But I'm so glad I did not give birth prematurely. Because that baby had some developing to do. Before it could breathe on its own out on this world. I am so glad even if it was uncomfortable. I am so glad that I carried the baby full term because we know what happens when babies are not carried out through full term. And it's exactly what God wants with our lives. He wants us to reach our destination, our purpose, full term. I don't want to eat, well, no, some of us want to eat green mangoes. I'm not even going to go into that. But there's some fruit that you want to eat when it's ripe and juicy. You want to pick it off a tree when it's just the right, you know, like, softness and it's at its peak you don't want to pick a fruit out of its time and that's why strength is also needed for God's ways for God's process in times of our weakness in our inability to produce results God's strength is manifested at its fullest and it's when we choose to trust him Even when they don't see what's ahead, it's like, oh, God, I I know you promised that. But you know what? I thank you. That even in the midst of my doubts. Can I say something about that? So many times, like, when we doubt, some get so condemned that they doubt. It's like you're not in faith because you're doubting. Well, you know what? Sometimes circumstances, emotions, they cause you to go. They cause you to question sometimes any honest people here. Amen. Right. But I want you to remember, never doubt in the dark what God has told you in the light. When God has spoken some things to you during times of revelation, write it down. Remember it so that when you pass through a time when it's dark and you do not understand, you never forget what he said in the light. And that's where God's strength is needed. That's a time of weakness. That's a time of inability. That's a time of doubt. But when you acknowledge that, God's strength starts coming in. Amen? I know I'm speaking to some people here right now. You're on a journey. Don't compare yourselves to others. Again, as my daughter would say, we have our own versions of progress. But the important thing is you're progressing. It might be three steps forward, two steps back. But at least you've got one step ahead than where you were before. And God's strength, God's strength is there when you are weak. When you're weak, don't ever, don't ever hide it. You have a wonderful, beautiful church where in your weakness you can come, you can talk to someone, you can call, you, you can talk to leaders here in this house so that when you are weak, they can speak the word of God in your life and to bring you strength. Amen? So the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. That word rest is the word tabernacle. That means the power of God builds a tent over you. The power of God tabernacles over you. The power of God descends over you, working within you to give you help. That's what it means. That when you acknowledge your weakness... The strength of God rests upon you. Hallelujah. You know, when when an angel went up to Mary, remember (laughs) Mary, a virgin, not married, a virgin, all of a sudden gets this awesome, wonderful, slightly terrifying news that she was going to be the mother Of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the angel appears in Luke 1.30-35. Says do not be afraid Mary. You have found favor with God. Behold you will conceive in your womb. Bring forth a son. He will be great. He will be called the son of the highest. Uh, You know he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. Of his kingdom there will be no end. Spoken to a 14, 15 year old virgin. Can you imagine. What she felt. And the first thing she said was. Well how. How can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. That's the same word, tabernacle. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. Same root word as the word rests upon. Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. He, she said, how can this be? How can this be? I'm a virgin. How can this be? It's impossible. How can this be? I'm weak in that area. How can this be? I'm only 14, 15. Are you kidding me? But the angel said, "No. The Holy Spirit is going to rest over you. The Holy Spirit is going to tabernacle over you. And maybe you have questions of how can this be? Maybe you have received a word from God, an instruction. Maybe God is speaking to your heart. I want you to step out. I want you to start this business. I want you to let go of what you're doing right now. I want you to start serving. I want you. And maybe these are instructions. You're going. God, wait. Hold on. How can this be?" Don't you see my background? Don't you see where I've come from? Can't you see my checkbook? Can't you see my wallet? Can't you see my weakness? Can't you see my educational status? Don't you see my past God? How can this be? And you know what God is going to say? The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. The Holy Spirit is going to rest on you. The Holy Spirit is going to tabernacle over you. And overshadow you. You know what overshadow means? So that it's none of you, but all of Him. And He's going to be glorified. That's what acknowledging your weakness and trusting in his strength will do. Hallelujah. So to continue, 2 Corinthians 12, verse 10 says, So I'm not defeated by my weakness, but delighted. Why am I delighted? Because my weakness gives room for God's strength. So I want his strength right now. And now I know, I have a revelation, weakness cannot defeat me, mistreatment cannot bring me down, persecutions cannot cause me to back down, troubles cannot cause me to quit. My brokenness will not hinder me, because God's strength comes to my rescue. And there might be broken people in this place. But I am here to tell you, God can take the broken pieces of your life and he can make you whole again. And he's going to use his power and his mercy and his love to put you together. And his grace and his strength will overshadow you. And you're going to be doing things you've never done before to speak things, speaking things that you've never spoken before. And you are going to walk in things you've never walked in before. All because you acknowledge that you can't do it in it of your own strength, but you trust God to do it in you and through you. So in your brokenness don't ever let that hinder you because God that's God's specialty right there. He uses the weak things, he uses the foolish things, he uses the base things, he uses the despised things of the world to shame the wise. So no flesh can glory in his presence. Amen. Amen. So we create a time, we create a space, we create a place. For the almighty extravagant one to show up and do what only he can do. And when we acknowledge our weakness, we create that space for God to move. Give him all the room he needs to move. And he's going to surprise you. Amen. I have two more verses. One, two, yes I do. Three. Are you still okay? James 1, 2 to 4. I used to read this verse and say, I don't like these verses. (laughs) But James 1, 2 to 4, now that I understand a little bit more about how God sees weakness, it says here, James 1, 2 to 4, in the Passion Translation, it says, my fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties. Anybody been there? Okay, I just raised my foot for a while. Yes, I've been there. When it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. I'm going to read that one more time. When it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. Because in the midst of your greatest difficulty, can you imagine with God what is on the other side? What is on the other side of what you are facing right now? I remember the disciples in the storm. They could have jumped ship. I think they wanted to jump ship. You know, we were, in a, we were on a cruise, and I never told you this, Catherine. We were on a cruise, dream come true, on a cruise, it was beautiful until a storm hit. Seriously, we were in the middle of a storm one day on that cruise. And I, I remember that was gala night. Gala night on a cruise means you're all dressed up in your heels. It's called Captain's Night. You have a photo with the captain. So we were in our heels, in our long gowns, and we were like this. Hey, hi, how are you? Because the boat was rocking so bad. My daughter, I mean, she had to go and she was like so dizzy. So many people were in the hospital, everything. So the captain was like, you know what? We're not going to make our third stop. We're going to, you know, try to get out of this storm. And so on the screen in our, in our cabin, we could see like where the boat was and when the storm was. And all through the night, I could just feel the rocking of the waves. And in my mind, I'm going, oh my gosh, Lord God, when is this ever going to stop? Because it, was, it, 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 it seemed like it would go on forever. And in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, gosh, I just want to get out of this ship. And I look out and like, no. <laughs> um, I don't want to jump ship. Because if I jump ship, it's lonely out there. It's cold out there. There's no one out there. But in the ship, it might be rocking. It might be shaking, but I have people around me who love me. I have my family with me. Food is 24-7 on that cruise, so I'm not going to go hungry. I'm going to be warm. I have blankets. I have a bed, but it's rocky, and oh my gosh, I'm getting dizzy. But I'm on a boat. You're on his boat. And it might get rocky and stormy sometimes, but please don't jump ship. It's lonely out there. You'll get hypothermia out there. There's nobody who'll pray with you out there. Maybe somebody will pray for you. Ah! Pray for them! But with you, uh-uh. Maybe some sharks, okay, they know how to pray. Thank you, Lord, for the food in front of me. Um, you know, maybe the last prayer you'll ever hear. It's not necessarily with you, but uh, about you. Um, but we're in a journey called life. And there are going to be some turbulence, like on a plane, right here to Christ Church from Rotorua. We're on the back of the plane, woo like a roller coaster ride. There's no way I'm going to jump off the plane. I already knew I was going to get to Christ Church. I knew that. Hey, God, we have a conference there. This plane is not going to go down. So I knew, I knew we were going to land, although it was very bumpy. But there's nowhere in my mind that I would jump ship. And you know what? God gave a revelation to my husband. He said, you know what? You're in my ship. I'm taking you on a journey. I will get you there. And that's what God is saying. He will get you there. You just have to trust in his goodness, his love, his mercy, his grace. Hallelujah. And then it continues to say, so look at this. An invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up power within you to endure all things, when trials come, when tribulations come, it actually should stir the power in you to do all things, to endure all things. And then as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until there is nothing missing and there is nothing lacking. This is when you're going through trials, tribulations. This is what it means when you count it all joy. Because you know you will get to the other side. You know you'll get there safely. Yes, there may be some bumps. But you know what? When I am weak, he is strong. Hallelujah. I can do all things, Philippians 4.13. Which he has called me to do through him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill his purpose. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I am ready for anything. And equal to anything through him who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. Infuses. Do you know what that word infuse means? Have you ever drank infused water? Like water that's infused with like maybe lemons or limes or cucumbers or oranges. Infused water takes on the taste and properties of that which is infused with. So when you are infused with the strength of God, you take on the properties, the taste, the smell. You take on whatever God has. And God says in his word, he infuses you with inner strength and confident peace. And so let me encourage you. In Luke 4, 18 to 19, Jesus started his ministry by declaring this. But we can speak this over us when it says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Look at who we preach the gospel to, to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Look at that. Jesus came to make those who are weak in spirit, physically, emotionally, financially, To be made strong. He sought out the weak, the foolish, the lowborn, the despised to strengthen them. You know why? I will tell you why. Because Luke 4, 18 to 19 comes from Isaiah 61. It comes from the Old Testament. So this is the verse verses 1 and 2. He quotes from verses 1 and 2 of Isaiah 61. So I'm going to continue reading verses 3 and 4. And I will tell you why he came in. To set the captives free, to heal the brokenhearted, to give sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. I'll tell you why. It says in Isaiah 61, 3-4, To console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. And he strengthened them for what? Here is the purpose to your God-given strength. And I will read from verse 4. And they shall rebuild the old ruins. And they shall raise up the former desolations. And they shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. Who's they? Who are they that will rebuild? Who will they? Who are they that will raise up? Who are they that will repair? It's the brokenhearted, it is the oppressed, it is the blind, it is the poor, it is the weak whom God brought strength to. And as they were strengthened, they became repairers, they became builders, they became raisers of cities. And I declare to you, in spite of your weakness, your brokenness, in spite of your failures, in spite of people that speak ill against you, in spite of persecution, that God has called you to be builders, to be razors, to be restorers of people's lives. We cannot use our weakness anymore as an excuse not to step out into what God has called us to do. Because any excuse that you might have, God will only say, when you are weak, you are strong in my strength. And I tell you, the more weaknesses you have, (laughs) the more God's strength is going to show up in your life. And I do not know what weakness you have. It might be an emotional scar or wound. It might be a physical inability or disability. It might be something in your mind, a wrong mindset that's telling you that you are no, of no use at all to the kingdom of God. But I'm here to tell you today, whatever weakness you have, it is no excuse because God is greater and he's stronger. And if you will only step out and say, yes, God, you will find yourself infused with his strength. You will find his strength to start overshadowing you. You will find his strength starting to rest upon you. And you are going to go on the greatest adventure of your life. I can tell you that. So don't let your weakness cripple you. Don't let your weakness hinder you. Don't let your weakness take the best of you. Because God sees you as strong, amen? Could I have um, a pianist or some music on as I... Kind of land this thing, is that all right? And I'm just I just wanna pray even right now. Doesn't matter maybe a guitar or a yeah, you perfect, yeah. <laughs> She's strong. Wild, strong and free, she was the strong one. I was the wild one. Remember Jay? Jay was the free one, right? That's wild, strong. We're all free in this place. Hallelujah. I'm just going to let the Spirit of God just just minister to each and every one of you right now. I believe that God has spoken strong and uh, firm. But I believe also in a way where he's calling people out. He's calling people to do what they have feared most to do. I don't know. Maybe it's skydiving or whatever. But <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's something as intense. I would call it as forgiving someone. Maybe there are things that you need to let go that have been um, causing you to not move forward in your life at all. And uh, I just want to allow the Holy Spirit to move in this place right now and uh, to speak to your hearts. So, if we could all just, uh, if you want to close your eyes, however way you want to commune with God, and you want to close your eyes, you want to kneel, you want to stand, you want to pray, you want to But if we could just steward this moment with God well, see, moments are given to us by God, moments where, he speaks, moments where he ministers, moments where he encourages, moments where he reminds you of things that he has said that we might have forgotten or have chosen to forget because it was too big, too impossible. And God says, I want to resurrect those. I want to resurrect dreams in this place. I want to unearth gifts. He wants to unearth from your heart things that he has placed in there that might have been buried by any shame or condemnation or weakness, and he wants to draw it out, and he wants to say, use it, step out, don't be afraid, I have more for you than you realize. Oh, my dear brother, my dear sister, let go of that which is temporal. Let go of that regret. That's never coming back, but what's before you, what's before you right now is what's real, what's important. can't ever change the past, but if you give your future to God, oh, he can do so many wonderful things with it.